I'm recording. I'm recording. <laughs> I'm ready. I've got a podcast. We gotta go. Hello, my name is Britty, and I have a bachelor's degree in film and television. <laughs> My name is Jessica, and I have a bachelor's degree in equine studies, and we're going to make a bad horse movie. Yes, we are. Welcome to Cult Classics, the show where we make the next big hit. <laughs> and by big hit, I mean like this This sucker's in YouTube views with like four of them. Four? Four. At least four. At least four. Two of them are me. <laughs> one of them's my grandma except for yeah. she's not on youtube never mind she's not on the youtube it's me showing it to her yeah there we go <laughs> so three of them are me <laughs> <laughs> and one of them is a bot from germany <laughs> from rush germany <laughs> Anyways, we're, we're we're making a bad horror movie because um that the, the world needs more bad movies and mm-hmm. by bad we mean like just not cinematic quality that you're going to go and and pay 30 bucks for a ticket for. Mm-hmm. This is like somebody made it with love and passion, absolutely, but yes. they had about $2. Mhm. And the studio executives kept being like, do we really need a horse trainer for the horse? <laughs> no. <Yeah. laughs> that's, that's the kind of movie we're dealing with. Don't get me started. Oh, please. Please no. start, actually. Yes. No. Yes. 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 Uh, yes. Jessica yes. criticizing yes. horse usage in movies is a whole different podcast. I love this podcast. <laughs> I Why feel have like, we not done this? Because I, I feel like it would be even better if I like actively watched a horse movie sure. or a movie with a horse in it. Cause it's been a minute since I've watched any full disclosure. I have not watched a horse movie in a while. I have not really watched a movie with a horse in it for a while. I feel like horse movies sometimes are okay because it's like that's the main thing that they're doing. But like when there's a movie where there just happens to be a horse in it, but it's only in there for like two or three scenes, then it's usually worse. Because yeah. it's not important to them for things to be correct, but yeah. you watch this actor get on this horse and just you're like, no, that's not that's not how you sit, that's not how you ride. All it's all wrong, <laughs> wrong, wrong, Here, wrong. Here's the thing: I think it happens a lot in Hollywood is actors lie about their horse capabilities. <laughs> ah, so you get so it's a combination of like, okay. Our budget for horse is very small, mm-hmm. um, so we're just going to roll with it. And also, like, you know, we need the horse to be cinematic. So it's going to make a sound that it is clearly not emoting at the moment. Right. 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 Because we've had this conversation before. Yeah. But then also the horse, not the horse, the actor, the horse is fine. The horse is beautiful and perfect. But the actors <laughs> put on their resume can ride horse. And uh-huh. so the producer, the casting director is like, oh, good. This is a movie where there's a horse in it. And I'm, uh, they can do it. Great. We uh-huh. don't have to worry about getting a stunt rider or anything like that. Right. Um, 
And then they get on the horse like, I have made a mistake. (laughs) I was led around on a pony ride when I was 12. Yeah. (laughs) That does not equate to galloping off into the sunset. Right. And they're like, oop, oop. So I think there's a lot of that. And because that's the thing about like the industry at large, especially if you're talking about like performers, is they're going to just straight up falsify things so that they can get the part like that it's it's very cutthroat and so if they think that they're right for the role if the role requires horse riding but it's not the whole like the it's not a horse movie where it's like you know we fall in love with the horse and save the day if it's like oh we're doing a western um and my character is not really like the horse wrangler. They're just there. Oh, and right. also I have to ride a horse. But I think I'm best for the role. I'm going to tell the casting director that I know how to ride a horse because I want true. this role. So right. I think it's a combination of a lot of factors. And like, how do you how do you suss out that information? Like, I'm just thinking from the production side of things. If someone came to me during the casting process where we uh-huh. are in a room, we're in yeah, a gray box yeah. with a camera rolling and I'm like, all right, I need you to read these sides and I need you to pretend like you are in love with the person who is reading the sides who also cannot act so good luck right <laughs> yeah. they're just read because they've been reading the same script all day long right. so good luck um how am i going to be like so your resume says that you can uh sorry excuse me your headshot and resume say uh-huh. that you can ride a horse um are you lying to me like <laughs> you know like you're gonna believe it because you've right. seen 30 people in the last two hours mm-hmm. that all say they can ride horses. Right. And so you're like, I just need to know if you can act. Yeah. I mean, from a, like, horse person standpoint, if if the director, the casting director, or whoever knew about horses, I, I bet that they could at least ask a couple of que- questions to, like, kind of try to see if the person knows what they're talking about because there's a few things where you could be like well talk about your riding experience and what you know what you know how to do and if they're like i know how to get on the horse and go around so you're like well (laughs) i don't know if you really know that much but if they're like okay yeah i've taken some lessons and i've learned walk trot and I've done some trotting of different patterns and uh, I learned the, the barrel racing pattern, but like at a slower gait or or I learned how to do barrel racing and pole bending. Like those are things that not the average person doesn't necessarily think of to like talk about if you ask them about their horse experience, if they're like trying to lie about it, unless they do a whole lot of research. But also you have to know... <laughs> As the person asking those questions, you have to know about horse things. And I would imagine that if the horse scene is like one scene, one or two scenes in the movie, that they don't know anything about horses either. (laughs) Not usually. I don't feel like the casting directors specifically are going to come out the gate swinging with a lot of the inherent knowledge. And something like that, that's a skill, that's a teachable skill. They're really not going to be like oh, you need to know this, unless it is a movie about a horse specifically, or like that's a mm-hmm. major part of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, especially because the casting director is not the director. Right. So like the director could be like, 
oh, hey, I really want to make sure that this person has all of the horse knowledge, but they're uh-huh. probably not going to be in the room, at least for the initial round of casting. Right. So the casting director has to be like, okay, this handful is good enough to throw at the director and this handful is good enough to throw at the director. Right. And we can do a screen test with these guys because it's like they have to, you know, wade through hundreds and hundreds of people. Right. So it's uh, it it you can't get into those details at that early stage, mm-hmm. and then by the time you're far enough along, maybe the director fell in love with one of the actors for their performance style. Right, that's the top priority. Oh, absolutely. Again, unless the movie is about being like, I need you to be able to hop on this horse bareback while they're riding, pa- like running past you. You're gonna like leap off and leap on, right? But that's also but then that gets into stunt territory, yeah. and like so that's. And that's the other thing is I think that like I think there's a way you can get away with a lot of stuff because you should be for something like that's a larger scale you should be getting stunt writers to do it anyways right um, so that's a matter of like do you absolutely need the shot of the actor mounting getting on like uh-huh. is that relevant or can we just put them on a fake horse and get the shot I've right. seen that a lot like you know you mm-hmm. have this basically like like the way that they have the uh, mechanical bulls yeah right. They yeah. just have that as a fake horse, and you get yeah. on that and you ride it. You know, yeah. it's got mo- it's got a, a motor in it, and yeah. like that gets you the shot you need of riding on the back of the horse without yeah. of being on the horse. Yeah. So it's like at a certain point, right? But I do think that it's relevant if you are looking at the movie and you're like, "This is not you've you've gone up, you've mounted the horse on the wrong side, and, yeah, and and you're currently leaning over the horse like you're drunk, like what you know, that's nothing, <laughs> yeah." So. Yeah, it's like pros and cons, right? I will say also that some of my beef with particular scenes of horses in movies isn't actually about it being like correct or not. Mm-hmm. Where it's more of like, I know, like I'm much more of a probably what I would consider natural horse person, natural horsemanship person. Um, where I'm trying to not yank my horse all over the moon and I'm actually active. I'm treating them like a living being rather than a means to an end. Mm-hmm. And historically, people did treat horses like a means to an end. Like you yanked it around, you made it do what you wanted it to do, and you checked some food and water on it and called it a day. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've seen, I've seen a lot of movies where the person, you know, hops on the horse and then they're like yanking the horse's head around. A lot of Westerns are like that. And I'm like, I get it. And that's probably historically accurate, but also that hurts my heart. (laughs) If we're talking about Westerns too, I'm, I, there's a certain era of Western film, like filmmaking of Westerns, not Western filmmaking, because that's a uh, whole other conversation. Yeah. Um, um, where that still would have been the way that it would have been, you know, part of the public consciousness. I'm thinking of like early, early Westerns where they like, like they put horses in real danger. Like, yeah. Just for the filmmaking of it, because this was before we had any kind of like um, animal safety on right. set just in general. Right. So so that's been kind of the case of like horses and filmmaking kind of mm-hmm. step in step for a really long time. Mm-hmm. So I can't imagine that there's any Western, like a classic Western 
that right. doesn't have that kind of style of horse handling mm-hmm. because of just that would have been the way you would have a horse is a tool on set kind of right. feel. Whereas well, now I, it's a little less. Yeah. I think that also like it's highly possible. I like, I don't know cause I'm not a historian, um, but I feel like it makes sense to me that like actual cowboys would have ridden like that too. Mm-hmm. So nobody would have questioned it. Cause that's just, that's how you ride. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure I saw a movie. I can't tell you what it was. Cause all I'm getting is like vague memories, but I feel like I was watching a movie that was more modern and the way that they were riding this horse, I was like, Oh, please stop. <laughs> <laughs> This hurts. Like, I, I know, like, you're not technically doing it wrong, but also, like, could you could you not? <laughs> yeah, see, that's a conversation I don't have any insight to of, like, would you change the style of horse handling and horse riding if you were doing a historic piece? Because I, I don't know. I don't know if that's that's a, a conversation that directors and, and filmmakers are having. Right. Because, like... I feel I feel like there's a you can kind of see a change in a lot of historic filmmaking of still utilizing modern elements in a way that's just not something that we think about. Um, And I don't really have any good examples off the top of my head because um, I'm I'm not really again, like I'm not a historian either, Mm -hmm. but I feel like. It depends on the film and if you do have some like kind of dramaturg on set, um, something like that of like, is that part of it? Is your script supervisor also really into the history of it? Because I'm thinking of like the Little Women movie that came out. There was a lot of um, I saw a lot of costume like historians specifically on YouTube where they were like, this is like all over the place. Uh And so so there are people who like actively know that that the effort was not put into the movie, but sometimes right. it doesn't matter. Sometimes right. it's about the story and it just right. needs to vaguely look like the period to be able to convey the story. Right. So that's it depends on what you're trying to get across and then mm-hmm. how deep into the historical accuracy do you go? How da- far down that rabbit hole are you mm-hmm. capable of doing with the finances you have for this movie? Right. Because that's paying a person to do all of that deep diving. It's then like, okay, we're going to do a scene and we can't have uh, this silverware because it's not historically accurate. We need to get, you know, pewter silverware, right? So it's like, then like how far down that rabbit hole are you going? Or are you at a point where you're like, this genuinely gives the aesthetic that we're kind of looking for. So yeah, I don't know if that's a conversation that's being had as far as like horse accuracy. I Um, mean, I don't even know if we really if anybody I mean, maybe, but like I don't know of any horse historians <laughs> as far as like horseback riding styles go like to a certain extent. Yeah. Like we know about like side saddle and different like driving like horse te- horses pulling wagons and uh, the male stage coaches and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Like they know some of it, but I don't know if it really gets into the specifics of like how gentle they were <laughs> with their horses. I feel like that was kind of a case-by-case basis. I think that the general... Again, I am not a professional, but to me it feels like the general attitude towards horses as we have moved away from them being a necessary tool 
to be able to function in life. Like once we got the steam engine and the uh, the car and all that kind of stuff, like we are treating them more like companions and less like tools. But there are still people who uh, operate under that mindset of like, the mindset of maybe, you know, oh, this is a, a beast that I need to subdue and mm-hmm. make do what I want. And then there's the whole other end of the spectrum of like going so far as being like, let's let the horse choose what they want to do. And you know, like there's a full range of of thoughts and ideas. I think that my from what i can see in the world it tends towards more on companionship and being humanitarian towards the horses but it depends on where in the world you are and all of that kind of stuff so i mean i have my own personal thoughts of how i think that it should be but i'm not gonna say that that this is the way that it needs to be but like if i am the one directing the horse movie (laughs) then we're going to do a little different (laughs) yeah yeah, I I am now really curious if there's someone who, like, because I know there are people who are very well versed in horse history as far as like notable horses. Uh huh. Um, I know that's a big part of it, but I am curious if there's anybody who has any kind of specific, um, focus in like the history of horses and cinema, but mm-hmm. also like horse it like horse riding styles mm-hmm. and. Like, even, I'm even thinking of, like, I think, I don't know what the word is for the accoutrement, but, like, saddles and and halters and reins and all that. Tack. Is that it? Yes. Yeah. Like, I'm sure that there's, like, a history evolution of tack that Mm -hmm. would be really interesting to kind of see the progression of. Because I'm thinking, like, if I was to hire somebody as a horse historian on my film set, then, like, if I'm setting this in 1841 what does that tack look like different from 1851 like there's a gonna be a difference or maybe there isn't like but but you know how far down because that's the thing is like how far down the rabbit hole do you go because if i'm filming this movie and it's supposed to be set in 1841 Mm -hmm. and i think that i can get away with just a regular piece of you know leather that i can put on the horse and then the the blanket just looks needs to look different like ta-da i've done it you're not gonna notice but you know like so that's it's just i'm now i'm just genuinely curious like what that kind of history i feel like there's at least somebody on the internet who is some idea because i'm pretty sure that i've come across some sort of like post or something where somebody was kind of doing that thing of like the tack on this horse in this particular movie was not historically accurate because it was like you could just tell that it was very modern and whatever they were doing was some sort of historical piece i just find that so interesting and i Mm -hmm. really would love to know and i also would love to know like what what is the relevancy to that to the filmmaking process right so. I feel like also there would be some limitations on on how historically accurate you could be with the whole like animal cruelty protection stuff cuz like I feel like yeah. there are certain things that you just couldn't do because yeah they did them in the past but we now recognize that as 
inhumane for whatever reason and so you're not allowed to do it or else you get in trouble see that's the place where i feel like that's when you can bring in if it's absolutely story necessary your cgi Mm -hmm. horses right i don't i i'm a big uh believer in practical 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 right but if there's like something that you think needs to happen for the sake of the story to move forward and it would cause active harm to the animal, then yeah, that's when you bring in the CGI double basically. Right. So there, I, that's where I feel like that could be a useful crossover. Not to like, I'm not anti CGI. I'm anti CGI for the sake of just having it like uh-huh. practical. If you can CGI when it's unsafe to do so. Yeah. I agree. I don't want to get too far into this, but you made me think of Warhorse. So, like, just for your personal, or if anybody listening cares about this, I'm just, we've rattled on about horses in movies for a while. Um, this is a horse movie podcast. It is true. It is a horse movie podcast. We're just talking about horses in movies instead of making a horse movie. Yeah, we'll get there. Um, I don't know all the specifics of it because I haven't gotten into it. I feel like maybe... John <laughs> would have uh, be able to talk about this. I feel like John was one of the people who talked about War Horse being a great movie that they mm-hmm. greatly enjoyed. Um, I don't know all the specifics of it. I just know, remember reading somewhere that there are like the horse that was was War Horse in the movie was like a trained performer horse and like some of the scenes and things that they did that you would think that they would have gotten some sort of like fake horse or whatever for like the horse actually did some of the stuff um at, i feel like there it was something with the barbed wire like there's a bit mm. where he gets like caught in a barbed wire fence and I'm, of course they didn't use like actual barbed wire on an actual horse but there was something about the way that they did it that the horse actually like legitimately laid down and like on command and like acted actually acted out in the movie so that's very interesting yeah, trained animals are so cool, but also so, like, how do you do that? You have to, f- it, they're, they're so unique and individual. Like, you would yeah. think, ah, it's a horse, but no. Like, some of them pick up on stuff really fast, and some of them, you can train them, but you're going to get, like, two things and it's going to take you 20 years. I was going to say, one brain cell picking around in there. Yeah. <laughs> some of them are just either just don't want to so they will like not really engage with what you're trying to train them to do mm-hmm. and some of them are just really incredibly dense <laughs> <laughs> well, and then yeah. you have the really really smart ones that figure out how to let themselves out of their own stalls and so you have to put like 14 padlocks on it so amazing. they don't houdini their way out amazing though i love mm-hmm. a houdini so, do you want to maybe actually do our podcast? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to segue earlier, and then I got distracted because of interesting things. So, speaking of historical horses, <laughs> yeah, um, I am bringing back hay or nay. Small, small, tiny bit of context. Um, mm-hmm. This is a from a race that was run recently. Um, We're kind of past Kentucky Derby season by the time this episode comes out, but it was before it the last time we recorded. So 
now Kentucky Derby has happened. But this is not the actual Kentucky Derby. Um, I thought this was the results for the Kentucky Derby. But apparently, like a couple days before the Kentucky Derby, at the same racetrack, they have a few other races. And one of the ones that they do is specifically for mares, which are female, female horses. Um, and it's called the Kentucky Oaks. Um, and I have the top five horses from that race plus one that i made up myself i gotta pick a made up one out of six yes good horse if you <laughs> if you need i will tell you one or two of the ones that are real no we're gonna speed run this let's go let's go okay. I'm going by vibes i'm going by vibes okay are you ready i'm ready okay the first one is wet paint oh good <laughs> Continue. Second one is Gambling Girl. Uh-huh. That's me. Continue. <laughs> Third one is Pretty Mischievous. Okay. No, that that's me. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> I take it back. That's me. Fourth one is Special T with T spelled T-E-A. Okay. Excellent. Special T. Yeah. Okay. Um, what are we on? Okay. Five. Four. Uh-huh. The fifth one is... Darth Vader. <laughs> okay, I'm taking that one out of the running because you would never come up with that, but you love it so much. <laughs> so that one's out. Okay, and then the last one is the Allies look, and Allies is spelled A L Y S. Okay, that one's out too. So wet okay. paint, uh-huh. uh huh, gambling girl, uh huh, pretty mischievous, uh huh, and um. Specialty. Specialty. Mm -hmm. That one I love just for the pun alone. (laughs) That one's very good. Um, I'm going with wet paint. Oh, you are wrong. I'm always wrong. I have a 0% (laughs) success rate with this game. I I have never once gotten one right. No, I think you got one of them. No, 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 no. Don't patronize me. I've never got one right. I went back through and listened to all of the episodes and did a running tally, and I'm (laughs) almost positive that you have at least one that you got correct. Which is still mathematically impossible. (laughs) I have a 1% success rate. Less than that, I'm sure. Sure. You well, did a well, great job of cutting out the uh, the ones that, like, Darth Vader and yeah. Ali's look. You're like, mm, you, yeah. you read into those ones good. But I did yeah. very much like Darth Vader. <laughs> yes, uh, Dork Vader is more like yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why it's Darth. It Dorothy means Vader. I don't know. Um, specialty is the one that I came it's up with. It's very good. Yeah. That's a very good one. <laughs> Thank I you. I feel like that's got to be a horse name already. I looked it up. It's great. It's, it's not, not. It registered in the jockey club, at least. A free horse name. Free horse name. Well, this for thoroughbred specifically, it's not been used. Somebody else might have used it for their backyard horse. Yeah, but no, like we're talking specifically mm-hmm. race it next year. I want to see specialty on the track. That's <laughs> freaking go. Yeah. Um, okay. And the winner of the race was pretty mischievous. Ooh, me. It's you. You won, I won the race. The race. <laughs> On your own two feet. Oh, God. <laughs> that's not a good... That's, that's a race I want to see. A I bunch don't. of thoroughbreds and Britty running. I oh, I don't need to be there for that. Can you I see. not be there for that? <laughs> we'll make a, a robot version of you to race them. 
See, so that, you don't have to I be have there. A, I have a fighting chance then, at least. <laughs> okay, so we're okay. gonna generate a title. Yes. Let's go. Um, what do we What do we want to start with? Well, so our vibes for the title that we're generating is something. Mm-hmm. We've decided already that we are potentially gonna do something related to time travel. Yeah. <laughs> Either time travel or space travel or both. Or both. Um, we talked in our last episode about... Well, we were going to actually use the title The Last Horse on Mars. Now that I think about it, that was actually a title that we generated. That was title, but I think... That we were going to use. But I still feel... Like, we can come back to that one. Okay. I think <laughs> if we're feeling Dr. Horse, then I think we should go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. I don't know enough about that to... I don't either. It's been probably like 10 years since I watched Doctor Who. Mm. I had a friend who was very hyper fixated on Doctor Who for a very long time. So I like got adjacent knowledge. Yeah, but that was about knowledge. it. Yeah. But that's all you need. <laughs> <laughs> time and space and, and they hop around to different planets and there's an alien involved. Mm. Uh, There's an alien involved. There's an alien involved. Wish, a uh, horse called Wish. <laughs> That's nothing. What are you doing? I am adding some energy to this title. Alien. alien. Uh, love. Adrian. Adrian. <laughs> alien love, Adrian. <laughs> That's nothing. Alien love, Adrian. Alien... Calendar, Winky, Justin. <laughs> Justin. <laughs> Why is it always Justin? I, D- Justin is just Justin. <laughs> Justin is Justin. Alien Electric, Horseman, Emma, Emma. None of this is. We're just. This is a word salad. Um, because there's nothing in the title that is related to aliens, so it doesn't. If I put in the word time travel, is the first option that comes up. Does I this, think is that... there another time travel horse movie title in this generator already? <laughs> are, we gonna, are we gonna make a horse called Vera again? <laughs> <laughs> time travel werewolves. What time travel werewolves? That time is, werewolves. That is a different podcast. <laughs> no, we can make it a horse podcast. What? We can do this. Oh man. Time travel werewolves, and then you like watch Escape. the movie and you're like, there's <laughs> there's only one werewolf. And the rest of them are horses. I mean, to be fair, we did put werewolves in our um <laughs> movie with uh, the Canary named OSHA. <laughs> the canary in the gold mine underground. Yes. Yeah. The underground gold mine. The, yeah. the coal mine gold mine. Yes, correct. Time travel werewolves is so good. I just... I don't mind adding were- a werewolf as a secondary character, but I feel <laughs> odd adding them as the primary character because I'm not a werewolf person. Yeah, I thought you were going to just end that sentence. <laughs> I am not a werewolf. I, that I don't believe. You use the, When you have to say that you're not a thing, you're almost always that thing. I am definitely not a werewolf. That... You keep saying it, it's making it worse. 
<laughs> that one was on purpose. <laughs> okay, we'll I've, take we'll take I've, werewolf out of the title. Okay, I've been <gasps> I've seen a lot of posts of people who are like, I definitely acquired this salad by f- perfectly legal means. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. <laughs> You're like, oh, that makes it more suspicious. <laughs> it makes it worse somehow. Time travel into the west. west. <laughs> <laughs> That's boring. <laughs> it's kind of boring. Wildfire? Eh. Eh. Wizard. Time travel into the wizard. <laughs> of? <laughs> of Kentucky. It's always Kentucky. <laughs> Didn't we? Have, I think we have, we have the yes. OG wizard of Kentucky. Yes, which might actually be in this generator that you made, so that's probably why it's going there. Oh, yeah, I think you're right. Wizard of Wish. <laughs> I got this wizard off of Wish. <laughs> and I accidentally time traveled into him. <laughs> Ins- how do you time travel inside of somebody? No, no, no. Okay, so like, you know like when a car hits a person, it's just a time travel machine hitting a person. <laughs> you time traveled into them. Oh gosh. <laughs> okay, this is not this is nonsense. We're going to spend so much time in this generator. Um, we usually do. We usually do, but I want to I want to expedite this. We're 35 minutes in. Time Ooh. whip. <laughs> it's my time whip, yo. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Time rodeo. Time rodeo. Hmm. Okay. Soft time pitch. Time rodeo or time travel rodeo? No, no, no. Soft pitch. Okay. Let me soft pitch. So, we're in this universe where everybody can time travel. Right. Okay. You have to get you have to get a license and you have like certain regulations, certain things are illegal to do within the time travel situation. Mm-hmm. But once oh this is going to get really confusing. Well there there's once in time, once every time <laughs> there's there's a rodeo, but it's it takes place outside of the great main time stream. And so everybody time travels into it and they show off their their range of time horses. So, so this this person's got a horse from from old Earth, and this person has a cyborg horse from Mars, and they put them in the rodeo, and they show them off, and they get big blue ribbons, and then <laughs> the end. Okay, <laughs> I'm kind of on board with the like idea of having a rodeo with. Horses from different time periods. Yeah, if you if you want to do it in a not confusing way, it's got to be like a it, this only happens once kind of uh-huh. deal, um, or or it happens like oh I don't know how like time travel is hard for me to conceptualize as a writer. Yeah, because it gets really confusing. So that's why if you just have it be like one, right. And there's like an entry, like you have to make a reservation. And if you make a reservation from the future or something, something, something. What if it, we don't do time travel so I don't break my brain? <laughs> well, I feel like I feel so I agree with you. I'm not a big fan of time travel. Honestly, anytime that they like start pulling that into a movie franchise, I'm kind of out. Like, I don't mm-hmm. I don't vibe with that. But I feel like we could make it kind of a peripheral thing where, okay. like, the when the movie is happening, no time travel happens 
during the like events of the movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So my thought was, um, so maybe not everybody is able to time travel, but there is a society of time travelers. Mm-hmm. Okay. So like you can, if you're a time traveler, you can become part of this society and mm-hmm. you've got like an agent number or a member number or whatever. And you've got like perks if you pay to be part of the society or I don't know, like whatever mm-hmm. being part of a society is, you know? And so there's different people from different time periods are part of this time traveler society. Mm-hmm. Um, and so once a year, maybe once every two years to kind of stretch it out a little bit, um, which keeping track of years probably would be hard, but I feel like they've got to have some sort of like central <laughs> time <laughs> clock of some sort. <laughs> Yeah, right, exactly. Like, like there's a society headquarters mm-hmm. that everybody can time travel into very easily, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they have, like, this is the regulated time mm-hmm. <laughs> of right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, every so often, they have this rodeo as, mm-hmm. like, a break for the time travelers. Mm-hmm. Um because maybe the people who are part of this time traveler society, like actually like outside of the events of the movie, um, the time travelers like go travel through time to like, I don't know, fix things or help people or like go undercover or like, so that's like a, it's like a job. So like the Mm -hmm. rodeo is like a, a, a relaxing, fun company pizza party type of event. <laughs> company picnic, got it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like this is this is a fun event that's not related to work for you to like de-stress and have a good time. Which I feel like that's what a rodeo is anyways. Like it is, but it isn't. It started out as things related to stuff that cowboys were actually doing, but nowadays it's just like come and enjoy yourself and there's some crazy events that happen but it's you know the community gets together and we have a good time yeah kind of a thing and so i don't know what the main plot of the rodeo would be but like the setting Mm. is time travel exists which explains why these horses and these people are all in different period costumes slash looking like they're from the future cybernetic mm-hmm. horse. Oh mm-hmm. my gosh, cybernetic horses. <gasps> we talked about this before. Like yes. we're both into cybernetic horses. I sure. just it would just be so helpful because you can't really give horses prosthetics. Yeah. But cybernetics you could give to horses yeah. for sure to fix yeah. things. There's got to be one full robot horse. Okay. I mean, I feel like there's got to be something to keep it kind of fair so that the, like, futuristic tech-infused horses don't have an advantage over the the horses from the early 300s. (laughs) Um, So, okay. So my thought would be, like... Well, I don't know, because it's hard, because, like, if you were to say that a horse from 2023 is competing against a horse from 1801, like, I feel like there's just advancements we've made, like, just in breeding and, mm-hmm. like, training alone that would cause an advantage. So I feel like what we would do is just not mention it. Just 
No, and 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 okay. what you do, what you do, storytelling wise, is you showcase that that the the horse itself, like the time period it's from, has no bearing on its abilities because you have the first couple whatever events be won by like older timeline horses. Uh-huh. You just uh-huh. kind of showcase that where you're like. Nothing to do with if you got cybernetics or not. This is just a good old-fashioned horse, you know, race. You know, uh-huh. Whatever whatever event you want to do. And right. you have it be like, and the winner is 1609. Right. You know, something like that. Right. So that way you don't have to, like, be like, oh, well, I'm from the future. And here's our regulation devices that I'm going to put on every single horse. Like, that's just too much. Uh-huh. I think you can kind of just give a little bit of suspension of disbelief because you're already in a weird territory to begin <laughs> with. So that's but true. But I do feel like your idea, your setting idea might actually be able to play into the plot. Okay. Because one of the things that I feel like is a pretty standard plot-ish thing is like, mm-hmm. um, basically the idea would be there's a villain who's like trying to take over the time agency, right? Uh-huh. Okay. And so like and and they've been tracking something, 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 and they're right. they're a big threat. Um and it's like, but don't worry. Go on your go on your little retreat. Go on your uh-huh. go to your little rodeo. Don't worry about it. We've we've time locked it so like nobody can get in. You know, there's right. no there's no way that this guy will get in there. Right. And then you have the guy get in there and like right. cause hijinks. And so there's like one main character who like the whole time is trying to do the rodeo and also deal with this like villain basically. Uh-huh. And like, you know, and whatever you want the plot to be, it depends on how silly you want it to get. Because if it's like super silly, it can be like you halfway through or you know uh, three-fourths of the way through you capture this villain and then you're like and now you're in the rodeo now you've got <laughs> now you've got to be the clown in there right uh-huh. like so you make it silly or if you wanted it to be like kind of serious it could come to like a big fight in the middle of the arena and then like defeat the villain mm-hmm. and something and because the defi- villain is defeated something happens in the timeline and so like something that's been deteriorating the whole time suddenly stops or you know because it could uh-huh. be something like paradox thing where it's like this villain by attempting to destroy this time uh, organization is cause starting to cause a paradox and people are starting to like you know ghost away and so then when you destroy the villain poof you know, everybody's back to normal. So you, mm-hmm. it, it depends on how serious you want to get with it. Right. And that's, that's just a tonal thing. Right. I like serious sometimes, but I'm not feeling it for this. Okay. Honestly, my first thought... Now, uh, disclaimer, I've been watching Phineas and Ferb recently. Okay. <laughs> so I think it would be funny... And this is not specifically related to that, but kind of um, where. So the the villain, um, you know, manages to break through the time barriers and shows up in the middle of the rodeo. Mm-hmm. And like maybe there are time uh, personnel who are actively trying to like get him out but I feel like just events of things that are happening like stop him mm-hmm. unintent like unintentional um ridiculous thing like he goes to start doing something somewhere and unknowingly he's in the uh the the bull riding uh arena and so this 
this bull comes out trying to launch off its rider and he tramples over the, <laughs> the villain or something. Yeah. Like where he just like is just the events of the rodeo stop whatever he's trying to do without them like intentionally trying to stop him. He's just mm-hmm. going to all of the wrong places at the wrong yeah. times yeah. or the right times. I don't know how to use that phrase. Wrong times for the villain. Wrong times for the villain. Yeah. Um, I think that's super fun. Do you, are you, if you're in Phineas and Ferb headspace, are you seeing it animated then? No, no. I was just thinking about how there are times when Dr. Doofenshmirtz uh, is like foiled, but not mm-hmm. specifically by Harry the Platypus trying to do something in particular. Like he does foil him, but also there are times when he like goes to do something and something else that's happening in the scene, something that Phineas and Ferb have done, like ruin his invention with mm-hmm. unintentionally. Yeah. Yeah, I'm into it. I think that's fun. So it seems like this is more of a comedy than anything. Yeah, I feel like it. Because I feel like we could add some more comedic elements with just, like, weird misunderstandings between time periods. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. know? Yeah. Just, like, I mean, even even just slang. But, right. And, and, and so is everybody, like, an agent or a personnel? Or are some people just, like, regular people? Well... I feel like there could be some regular people because, like, my thought process of the society is, like, like I could join a, a, I don't have a good example, but say, theoretically, I could join, like, a music society, and I don't necessarily have to actively be doing music as my day job, but it's something mm. that I have an interest in, I know some about... I want to sit and talk to other people <laughs> so about it. So this is it. a volunteer organization? Because I would love that. That would be so funny. Okay, I'm into it. It kind of, it's not quite as, like, serious as the, like, you know, agency that we were proposing earlier. But if it's, uh-huh. a, if it's a volunteer run, oh my I feel like that could be good. That's really good because what that means is that there's somebody who's recruited certain people from before time travel becomes like well known as uh-huh. part of the culture, right? Because if if somebody came up to me and said, "Hey, I'm a time traveler. I need you to do this thing," you know, then I obviously there would be a whole other conversation. But mm-hmm. I'm not sitting there going, "Oh yes, I know that there's a time travel shop down the street." So yeah, like I'll just go to the shop. Like this it does not exist in this time period that I that I currently reside in. Right. So like somebody would have to recruit me. Right. And so even if we say time travel gets invented in 2024, Mm -hmm. everything before that, you still have to have somebody go out and get that. And so, Mm -hmm. so just making it like a nonprofit volunteer. (laughs) So funny because then what that means is that like, I feel like the stakes are lower, right? Mm -hmm. If you're getting volunteers to help you with your time travel thing, um, even if the volunteers are time traveling, even if I was to say, okay, I'm going to volunteer for this organization, me, Brittany, the person, mm-hmm. and, and they're like, hey, we need somebody to go clean up this graffiti on this building in this city in 1941, then like, yeah, okay, I can do that. 
but mm-hmm. I'm not like stopping the bullet that kills the person that then dominoes into this thing. Like, right. So it's right. like a little less stakes involved. But the other thing could be like if the recruiter slash like organizer of this nonprofit in your timeline, in your time that you are currently residing in is like, hey, I have access to all of the time streams. Um, can you do this thing tomorrow? Right. Like it would not even be like a time travel situation, but I think it needs to be still some time travel. I think the volunteers like still actively have to time travel, but like you have a home base Mm -hmm. time. Right. Because if because it's like they wouldn't always be sending me to 1940. They might send me in the future or the or more of the past. But like they need me kind of in in and around where I already live. I feel like in, in my head. I had it a little bit different, but I'm not going to get into that because I'm vibing with what you got. Okay. But the other thing that... I'm just saying nonsense. (laughs) I don't actively like writing time travel, so you are welcome to interject and change what I said. Okay, so my original thought then was not that there is some sort of, like, technological device for people to be able to time travel, but more of that it was, like, an inherent ability that certain Mm. people had. And so... How do they bring the horses, then? Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Anybody you're touching comes with you. I mean, that was literally what I was just about to say. I feel like that's the most classic, like, superhero type thing. So I'm not... I wasn't really thinking of it as as superheroes, necessarily, but just, like... In this universe, mm-hmm. there are certain people who have the inherent ability to time travel and certain people who don't. And that's how I feel like we got people from past to future mm. um, was just those were the people who had the inherent ability to time travel. Okay. Um, and in my head, there was like a central time locked maybe mm-hmm. t- Grand Central Station. Yeah. <laughs> Where where they could show up from wherever time, whatever place they had been at, and they could hang out in the lounge area and talk to each other about time travel gossip, yeah. and they could maybe check in and see if there's any assignments that they need to, you know, complete or whatever, because I literally had this thought in my head of there's the super even keeled like not phased by anything desk worker (laughs) who responds without even looking up at whoever's talking to her because I don't know if this would work with what we were doing or not but I was imagining like so this you know this villain or whatever shows up in the office in front of this worker and he's like "Ah, I have made it into your office and she's like you're going to have to take a number if you want to talk to so-and-so. You got to sit down over there. Like, doesn't even, yeah. not even yeah. face, doesn't even look at them. Um, But even if not, like, I feel like we could still throw that character in of, like, yeah. our one of our main uh, people that kind of the movie kind of follows this character. They're like... Hey Doris, just checking in for my next assignment. And she's like, Oh, I don't have anything for you right now, but go enjoy the time rodeo. <laughs> yeah. I think you can still do that if it's a volunteer organization too. Uh-huh. I just think the vibe of an office office quote unquote uh-huh. like agency uh-huh. versus a nonprofit is so different. Oh, okay. Cause the reason I was thinking like 
there could be some people who didn't actively like try to fix things in time or whatever is like, yes, I have the inherent ability to time travel, but I don't, I'm choosing not to take on any assignments. I'm mm -hmm. just living my life as a person and, you know, just doing what I do. Like I'm part of this society because I know that I can time travel and somebody figured that out and invo invited me to join. And I talk to people about what they're doing, but I don't actively take on any assignments. So I'm still kind of like a quote unquote civilian in the sense of like, I can do this, but I don't do it as my like day job. <laughs> That's why I think it should be a volunteer organization. Okay. So because like anybody who joins just has to volunteer for assignments instead yeah. of being assigned, assigned things. things. Yeah. Right. And like, I think with that, too, you, you could get a little like the characters could be a little more picky of being like, you got any in uh, Albuquerque? Oh, yeah. You, yeah. you know, something like that. Right. There's a broad there that I want to see. <laughs> <laughs> don't know why I did that. Um, got anything like, on Mars? <laughs> anything on Mars? I need a getaway. Um, yeah, I think. But I think that like that. The vibe of that could just be like it's very casual that way, uh huh. Which makes it less of like it's the time patrol, you right? Know? Yeah, right. It's just like these are just some guys hanging out, and that's yeah. why we're doing this rodeo. Yep, I think that's fun. <laughs> I think it's so <laughs> stupid because then I think it makes the villain even stupider. Oh, yeah. You know, be like, I'm going to take over your time organization. And everyone's like, I'm going to get volunteer hours for this. Like, <laughs> I don't I don't know what you're uh, there's a candy jar if you want it. Um, the last thing I decided to do was rescue a cat from a tree. Like, I don't we're not like. You know, babysitting Hitler. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know what you want. Right. You want to just come to our rodeo? <laughs> you want to come to our rodeo? <laughs> Bob is winning. Bob is winning. <laughs> Bob doesn't even have a horse. Bob is He's winning. just running. <laughs> He's just running around. <laughs> Which, I mean, there's other stuff you do in a rodeo that's not riding horses. Yes. But, <laughs> but this is a horse movie. I mean, there you could have all of it. I'm trying to think of all the rodeo things that I know that happen. Um, mm -hmm. There's a pie eating contest mm. usually. Um, bucking bronco, bucking bull, uh, barrel racing, and pole bending is like horse events. Mm -hmm. um, trying to think of what else. I don't. I think I've tractor pulls. Oh yeah, that's a good one. I'm trying to like differentiate between a rodeo and a. Like county fair, <laughs> yeah. This is what I was thinking too. But I think the fair, there's like more like showing off of things. Uh huh. Because I'm thinking of like there's the art contest and there's the like 4-H stuff. The and, vegetables. Yeah, and like look <laughs> at all this stuff we made and grew and and yeah. you know cultivated. Um. There's a lot more, I feel like there's a lot more kitschy things at the fair. Like, you can get your face painted, or yeah. there's a clown, or, like, right. I'm thinking of, like, there's tons of those cutouts with you put your face in there. And, yeah. Um, so, I feel like a rodeo is more, like, event-based. Yeah. I'm, so, I'm trying to remember if I've actually, I feel like I've actually been to a rodeo at least once. 
But most of the things that I remember are, <laughs> oh, roping and mm -hmm. uh, the, it's called cutting when they, like, their horses are able to um, get one cow away from the big group of cows. Oh, They, like, separate cool. them out. It's very, like, a beef cattle farm type stuff. Because it's, like, cowboys, all the things that they would have to do, plus some, like, fun events. Because, like, barrel racing's just kind of showing off that your horse is fast and turns really good. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a lot of the other, like, Western-type uh, uh, horse riding events, like pole bending and keyhole and mm -hmm. some of the other ones that I don't remember the names off off the top of my head right now is, like, just about your horse being fast and agile. Mm -hmm. Whereas, like, the reining and, like, cow roping events are, like, specifically related to things that you would actually have to do on a farm with beef cattle because you would have to separate cows out of the herd to you know, brand them or if they're, you know, need to be like taken care of health wise or like you're just separating them because some of them belong to this person and some of them belong to this other person and you're taking them to two different locations, like mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. Sometimes for fun to just look at. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just want to look at this one. I want to look at that one in particular. This one, please. So, yeah, I feel like we can do a fun, a lot of fun stuff with this stupid movie. Yeah. <laughs> that barely has a plot. It's just like, hey, let's go to a rodeo where there are people from different time periods. Yeah. But who are then competing. the villain shows up and it gets slapsticky. Yes. And then the villain is defeated and the rodeo is complete. And. Everyone had a great time. Everyone had a great time, and it is a coffee story. <laughs> story to talk about over coffee. <laughs> <laughs> the one time I went to the rodeo. You remember the time rodeo where Vlad showed up? <laughs> Why did he show up? Mm. Mm. And then he got trampled over by the bucking bull. <laughs> <laughs> that one's on Vlad. Oh, no, he didn't get trampled over by the bucking bull. He ended up on top of the bucking bull. They thought that he was the next contestant, and they threw him up there. Get and he was there. he was flopping around like a dummy man at a straw. <laughs> this is like, this feels less like a feature-length film and more like a 45-minute length film. Mm. But I'm very into it. I think yeah, this could like be it. fun. I, I hope we get a good historian for this movie. <laughs> I think Why it's going to play a, a crucial role. Bad historian for this no, movie. I think the movie needs to be so passionately made that that then turns it back around to bad, where it's like you lose so much in the details that you're like, they spent too much time deciding the color of this saddlebag. They, <laughs> they, they forgot to make the acting good. <laughs> They spent all of their budget on the historian. Yeah, exactly. And nothing on the actors. No, the actors are also all volunteers. <laughs> yes. It's a very volunteer movie. Okay, I will say, though, so the historian, yes, but also we got to pay good for the horse handlers. Yeah, absolutely. Of course. There's, there is only good horse care done during this movie. Correct. Yes. Any of the cult classics movies 
have a good horse trainer slash I don't know what other term you would use for the person who makes sure that the horse things are good during a movie. A handler, maybe? Maybe. I guess it depends on what you're doing. Unless it's an animated movie, in which case we have the worst horse handler. (laughs) (laughs) We just invite them into the studio for no reason. For no reason. Here, watch this clip, but you have no say over what happens. You have no say, and you also have a one-star rating on Instagram, so, like, (laughs) that's why we brought you here. (laughs) <laughs> I brought you here today for a very important task. <laughs> Nothing. Look at this animated horse. Look at this animated horse and give me your two cents that Please. I will deposit into a uh, donation bucket. <laughs> I was going to say 401k. <laughs> <laughs> Can you deposit only two cents into a 401k? Who knows? Uh, who knows? None um, of us are adults here. <laughs> no. We don't know these things. <laughs> I do not. Um, did we make a movie? I guess we did. Okay. Is that is that that's a cult classic? I think so. Okay, Time Rodeo. Time Rodeo. I think it's super fun. I'm really into it. I'd be interested to think about some of the other like characters. Like what are the like uh key um time periods that are kind of going to feature in the movie. So if anybody has any thoughts, comments, ideas, post them in our Discord. Yeah. Join. We don't even have that on our list of things to say at the end of the show. Well, I'm adding it now in my head. Uh, I mean, you can actually add it. I can't edit this. I'm going to edit this this document that we're both looking at at the moment. Um, But we are part of the Pocket Podcast Network, um, Mm -hmm. and you can join the Pocket Podcast Network Discord to Mm -hmm. get into our channel and our categories and kind of hang out and see what's going on. Um, There's a lot of cool people in that Discord, so, Mm -hmm. you know, jump on in. And um, as another note... um, if you are in the Discord, we sometimes ask for help for our episodes. So you yes. can contribute to the episodes as well. Um, mm-hmm. I believe we're going to find out. Uh, I believe the link for the Discord is bit.ly slash PPN Discord. The capital letters are PPND. Um, and it should be in the show description as well. Yep. So join us. And mm-hmm. when you're on the Discord, you can interact with us, but you can mm-hmm. also interact with the other great shows that are on the network. Yeah. Uh, Pokemakers is doing some awesome stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Green Mountain Mysteries is doing stuff. Um, <laughs> Not awesome stuff, just stuff. I don't know. It's okay. So disclaimer, some of the shows on the network aren't as uh, family friendly as PG-13 PG as we are. And they're mm-hmm. great. They're awesome. But I have no clue what they're doing because <laughs> it's yeah. not my vibe. And that's okay because everybody's got a different vibe and you just find a different show on the network. Yeah, there's if stuff for everyone. Mm-hmm. If you vibe with our chill stuff, you'll probably like Pokemakers. Mm-hmm. If you want something a little bit more intense, um, there is uh, Green Mountain Mysteries. Tia and Rio, I believe, is mm-hmm. back or coming back. I don't remember specifically. But there's stuff to listen. There's always backlog to listen to. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. if a show that you that you see on there isn't currently active, you can listen to the old stuff and it's all good. 
It's all good. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like we keep kind of taking each other's things here. Well, I was so, trying to backtrack. Yeah, that's we can backtrack a little bit, but I'll forward track us. You into, forward track us. Uh, follow us on social media. We're on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Cult Classics PPN. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we try to engage uh, there as well. And that's a great way for you to share the show to get more ears listening to our show. Mm-hmm. Yep. And eyeballs if you watch the YouTube videos. Oh, yeah. We have <laughs> Should we throw that in there, too? We have a YouTube channel. We do have a YouTube channel right now. We've just been posting our episodes as waveforms. So if you listen to podcasts on YouTube in the background, there's really nothing interesting to watch at the moment. But um, at some point, we will get back into the studio and record mm-hmm. our faces. But the timing hasn't worked out. But we're still here to bring you new episodes. That's right. Um, do we want to switch this yeah, next I one? Yeah, I think we need to switch it, but I just, I'll have you say it and we'll figure okay. out the rest later. So, as always, thanks to Jason Shaw of Audionautics for the use of our intro and outro music. It makes the podcast even better to have an mm-hmm. intro and outro. Mm-hmm. So, you know what, Jessica? Yes. Imagine a horse. Imagine a horse. Disclaimer. The conceptual treatment of a motion picture created during the duration of this audio program is not intended to represent a presently published fictional narrative. The story, all names, characters, and incidents portrayed in this production are fictitious. No identification with actual persons, living or deceased, places, buildings, and products is intended or should be inferred. Original concepts devised during the extent of the audio program are creative property of cult classics. Any usage of current or previous cult classic concepts outside of the aforementioned audio program must include appropriate acknowledgments by the utilizing party. Pocket Podcast Network. Quality programming right to your pocket.